0: Hey, traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, January 3, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the first thing we're going to do is welcome in the new year. It's a clean slate. We're going to begin discussing the schematic from a big picture perspective of 2023. We're not worried about where it's going to be in nine months from now. What we're worried about is what's the likely story over the next 30, 60, 90 days from a big picture perspective, and then we'll take it from there. We'll chunk it down and we'll scale it up as needed. Let's go down to what's jumping off the page at us on the daily chart first order of business is they really didn't give anybody the Santa Claus rally. He had an empty bag of presents for the bulls. Fair enough. Where does that leave the tape at present? Well, we're in the same position we were last week, which is continuing to make a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of pattern that will ultimately result in an ensuing move in the southern direction. Now, there's a couple of things going on here. You have a convergence of moving averages above current price. We've been talking about this and expecting the market to at least make some kind of an attempt to get into the convergence of those moving averages, call it 389, 390. They spike it above, it's a little bit higher. Now, we can't really put too much stock in the first trading day of the year. Market went up in the pre-market this morning, came down by the end of the day. It's not a big deal. They really didn't do anything. Material that gives us a clue for what's gonna happen for the rest of the week or the rest of the month or anything else. It's the first trading day of the year. There was still somewhat of a, and we'll call it holiday hangover type market throughout the trading day. While the market stays in this range, All it's doing is going back and forth, eating time off the clock. The bottom end of the range feels like the bottom's going to fall out and the market's going to scale lower. The media hops on board and all news is bad news. As the market gets up to the top, they begin uncorking a bottle of hope for higher prices and a very good slash recovery year in 2023. Could we see a rally for a few days to a few weeks up into this area and then a failure? And we absolutely can. If you just look at it from a couple of different perspectives, what would happen? Well, if you draw a fib in from high to low, maybe they retrace 50% of it back to 392.5, give or take, in that neighborhood. Maybe they even get up to the 618 or beyond making everybody believe that all is well and we're going to recover. The January effect is in place and all systems are go for the bull case. What's the January effect? In theory, the market has a bullish effect in January. Doesn't mean it will, doesn't mean it won't, doesn't mean it does. It's just a January effect as stated by the pundits. Just as a just in or slash what-if scenario, let's say the market did break lower. Where's that first place below the low of this range, which is 374.77? In the range, it's an intraday thing. Inside the number members get the intraday data slash numbers. But if they break the low, the first order of business is to satisfy roughly 371.50, which we've talked about in the past. And if that doesn't hold and they start pushing under 370 for argument's sake, it'll be a clear straight shot to around 366, 365, give or take. Those numbers technically, until further notice, are really on the table. When we look at a weekly chart, what do we see? Well, what we do see is a couple of things. If you want to see the bull case, you say they ran a test of the low of the breakup candle. It's holding and the market can certainly stage a rally after having run a test. They put in somewhat of a sign and or signal of a trend change. These are things discussed in the course Lazy E-mini Trader. However, it depends on when they do it and it depends on where they do it that also contributes to whether or not we feel like there's a full stack in the neighborhood. In this particular case, we do not, and I emphasize not have, an on-time situation, and they did it in the middle of no man's land so it holds less weight. If you're in the bear camp, you would say, hey, they came down and they started making a bearish, flagish pattern, and that's the same thing we see on the daily chart. It's compressed on the weekly chart. They've done it for three weeks in a row. They're below the 20-period moving average, and as long as they are, the pressure will be in the southern direction. And since we start a new month and a new year, let's take a look at the monthly chart range. And it's very similar to the discussion we had in the weekly chart. It's a bigger range. The monthly candles slash monthly charts take much longer to develop and play out. But as you can see, they're going back and forth in this range. So, therefore... Above the high of the range, we could see some upside momentum. And above that 20-period moving average on the monthly chart, that would put things squarely back in the uptrending scenario. The other side of the equation is through the bottom end of the range opens the door for some lower numbers. Not to be Captain Obvious, but might want to just finish the thought. Now a little housekeeping before we move on. I made a slight change to inside the numbers going forward. The commentary and the numbers stay the same, it's just the quote-unquote hours of operation are going to get a little more defined. Why is that? Because the majority of the business is done right around the opening bell for about 90 minutes, maybe two hours on the outside. The rest of the time, 80 to 90% of the time, is a floating operation back and forth and a convictionless slash developing pattern type of situation for the majority of the rest of the day. Sometimes you get a move into the end of the day, but I'm not an advocate of taking an intraday trade toward the end of the day with time running out of the clock. So the business of inside the numbers is primarily an in-hold done in the morning session. That's where we butter our bread. That's where there's meat on the bone. So what I've done is I've defined Inside the Numbers to be basically an opening bell to about 11 a.m. type of business. There's going to be caveats. If it's a wild and crazy situation, we'll hang around. We'll give more data as needed. Now we can move on. So let's see what we have on the first trading day of the year from an Inside the Numbers perspective not only the numbers, but of course the commentary. So from zero dark 30 this morning, we were getting a little bit of a bounce higher right out of the gate. And by the way, we're not gonna read anything in particular to the first trading day of the year. It's just a trading day. We're taking it as it comes with the numbers, the patterns and so forth. So what they were doing early in the morning was pushing up to one of the places that we were certainly discussing last week, 385, 385, 385.50, and even higher than that. As the morning grew on, the thieves in the morning already made their first pass and were even conducting an early pullback operation. So here's where we say, welcome to the new year, which is basically the same as the old year and the old year before that, and so on. 385 will be our early bull pivot. If they can recapture it, the higher stuff will be on the table, like the zone between 385.50 and 387.50. Pay attention to that because that's going to come back around later and it's going to provide not only an exit, but a possible short trade opportunity. Let's see how the commentary unfolds. And by the way, on the flip side down south, if they start pushing below 385, it's open season for the gap left open last year or last Friday, same thing. Let's see what else we have as the morning begins to grow on. This is a little housekeeping on the change from an inside the numbers perspective, just that we're focusing on where the meat and potatoes is, which is the morning business and not wrapping ourselves up in the paint dry, floating operation kind of stuff. We're here to take advantage when the advantage can be taken. So here's where it gets interesting, 921. As long as they're above 385, the bulls will push price to close a gap around 385.50 and into the zone up to 387.50. Now check this out. If you split the difference, you get 386.50, which is called a midpoint and can be overhead resistance and the target on the way up. Can you buy a pullback operation slash an early shakeout operation? 383.60 would be the first spot. The backup number as I like to call it, 382.45 was the gap left open last year slash last Friday. That zone can bounce the tape. So there's a couple of things important in here. 386.50 Overhead resistance, midpoint, I gave you the reason why. That's item number one. The buy area, should they have an early shakeout operation out of the gate, 383.60. We think better in pictures is a five-minute SPY chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. And as you can see, opening print of the day, 384.42. Low in the first candle, first five-minute candle, 383.59 against what? exactly and then they ran up to a high of 386.43 i was calling for 386.50 seven cents short of that particular midpoint target so a they gave you the shakeout trade on the long side so traders not only in the room but also inside the numbers were able to and did buy 383.60 give or take Some missed it, might've happened too fast. Others got it. There's always another trade around the corner. What we don't wanna do is chase the tape. So they did the thing where they gave you the entry on a shakeout, they turned around, they went back up to the pivot, 385. That's the trade we like to take. If you can identify the pivot, you're gonna get a trade away from or back to the pivot, the majority, and it's the large majority of the time. It's the same trade we take, at least 80% of the time for that quote-unquote juicy morning trade. They run up to a high, almost to that midpoint, and they collapse back down. Let's see what else we have in the notes. We're moving along to see what other things are in the commentary. Right out of the gate, traders took the long side trade, need to book profit along the way. The scalp portion is over. The rest is trader's choice, right up to 385 as prescribed. So all that stuff happens. Now, let's see what else happens as the morning begins to grow on. And we're only 10 minutes into the day at this point. For traders still holding a trailer, 386.50 is another target from before, meaning I already told you about that. 942. 386.43 is the high so far. So they almost got there close enough for a cigar, in my opinion. Now, 386.50 can also be overhead resistance. A short trade up here would be traders' choice. They'll pull back from somewhere. They're not going to just run away. And here's more evidence slash supporting documentation. They're also into the 100-period moving average on the hourly chart around 386.50. See how this works? Now, here's the thing from an hourly chart perspective. And there's your 386.50, give or take. There's your 100-period moving average. They tested it. They spiked it as it appears on the chart later in the day. They pretty much touched it at the time. It's a downsloping moving average, so later in the day, it looks a little bit different. And they found overhead resistance. Why else did they find overhead resistance? Didn't really have anything to do with the 100-period moving average. That was a consequence. Here is an area that, A, they filled a gap, and B, was an area the market broke down from. Pay attention to this. Because this is going to come back around in a few moments. They run back to retest or make a test of a former breakdown area. So how's this? The market was trading along here. And instead of breaking up in a bullish flagish formation, it broke down, therefore creating a breakdown area. And the market ran back up to run a test of that area this morning, finding overhead resistance. And by the way, This is nothing different than we discuss over and over and over again. It's the same market. It's just a new year. Okay, fair enough. Let's see what else we have. At this point, until something different happens, this is when they were falling, I would be interested in another long trade around 381, give or take. 380.50 is the next number down that's important. Then you have the big fat one around 380. 381 down to 380.50 should bounce the tape. We're back to the five-minute chart, and as you can see in this area here, while they spiked it a little bit lower to come down near 380, they took a peek down there. What they did do was bounce the tape. So you had the shakeout operation long trade early on. You had the potential short trade if a trader wanted it because they're not going to just run away, and they're into... Overhead resistance, and I showed you the reasons why. Two reasons. And then the third thing you had, which we call a trifecta, was the spike of 381, 380.50, and the bounce back in the other direction. That's another long trade opportunity that paid the piper. Read the rest of the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double-check the work. The point of Inside the Numbers is to... Apply what we learn in here, in these videos, each and every night in the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. You put it all together. You're looking for one, two, maybe three trades in the morning session, and you move on. You go about your business. That's the business. Now, remember when we talked about the breakdown area? Well, guess what? Flip it over, and what was the reason I was looking at 380.50 to 381? Well, it's really the same thing in reverse, and I posted it on the charts for inside the number members to see. What they did was they came back down to retest a former breakout area. 380 was a bit of a safety net. It's a big, fat, round number. They took a peek, but essentially that zone was where they would normally A, run a test of, and B, at least find some intraday support, which they did. Now, they came back down later, but this certainly provide a tradable bounce. Pause them, read them, go back to the chart to double check them. We had three potential opportunities from stocks on the move today. There wasn't a lot of stuff moving early in the morning on the first trading day of the year. There was a few, we posted them on the board. One hit later in the day, but nothing hit in the morning session and it didn't hit in the manner in which. So we'll just, what's going on over in camp IWM, my favorite market leading indicator, and just by a touch was certainly leading in the southern direction today. Just from a visual perspective, what did they do? They ran into the 20 period moving average and was summarily rejected. These markets are in a downtrend. We were talking about even if the market bounces, and I mean talking about last week, the week before, and so on, these are always a bounce in a downtrend. In a bear market situation, and when you're in that bounce in a downtrend scenario, since the big picture is the bears are in control, markets and price get rejected a lot sooner, a lot quicker, and a lot harder than in an uptrend where it's a buy the dip scenario rather than in a downtrend where it's a sell the rip environment. Just in concept, the rip was a rip into the 20 period moving average, spike it through, and the sell the rip part was, they're not gonna just bust through and keep going. They're going to find overhead resistance. I'm not saying I put that trade out or anything, I'm just saying that's the concept when we're looking at the daily IWM chart. Just to keep in concert with what we looked at on the SPY and the weekly chart, you can see here below all the moving averages, we know this, the trend is your friend until she throws your crap out the window they're still making that 3-week, 4-week bearish flaggish kind of pattern underneath the moving averages. This is a and remains a lower high scenario. They keep doing the same thing. It's repeating the lower high situation. By the way, just as a just in case in IWM land, there's some unfinished business down around 161. Might want to put that on a sticky note. I'm not saying they get there tomorrow, but I'm saying there's unfinished business down around 161, and it's likely a spike of 161. Just saying. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine, bearish, flaggish kind of thing under the moving averages. That's a negative tape. Doesn't mean they can't bounce. They may bounce, they likely will bounce at some point. They're not going to give up the ghost that easily, they never do. The concept is, the market's job is to make as many investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. So while they're making this bearish, flaggish kind of pattern, and other markets just the same, don't be surprised to see some kind of rip-your-face-off rally show up sooner than later. It's another item for the sticky notes. What about the Q people? Same routine. Under all the moving averages, it's a bounce and a downtrend whenever they bounce until something materially changes on the chart. This is in a downtrend. And also the weekly chart is in a downtrend. But let me show you a reason why we can make a case to get a bounce back up into the convergence of these moving averages, which would be the 200-week and the 20-week moving average, we'll call it right around 280. And you'll see the flip side as well. They held the breakup candle low on the weekly chart. They spiked it, they tested it, they closed above it. Doesn't mean they can't close it below it this week or any other week, and if they do, it's going to open the door for the next leg down. That's the other side. But if it holds, they're going to want to bounce the tape and the logical place from a weekly chart perspective is into that 280 area. That's not going to be right away. There's stuff in between, but I'm just saying big picture perspective, this is what we're looking at. Sticky note material would be 274 and a quarter, 27450 as what we call overhead resistance on the way. And that comprises an if. If they get going, if they don't get below that weekly chart break up candle low and start trading lower, that's the spot right there that's going to determine whether or not they can bounce the tape or there's open door policy for a leg lower. How about the XLF, the financials? You can see them into the convergence of these moving averages here. They're making a bearish wedgeish kind of pattern. Doesn't mean they can't continue higher. Let me show you something else that I find interesting. The weekly chart looks different from the rest. So if you just, for concept purposes, take... A FIB retracement. So you got a low and a high. They've retraced right around 50%. It's not on the button. It's close enough. And now they could potentially be putting in a higher low as opposed to a lower high. Here's a low. Here's a higher low. This is a weekly chart. Weekly charts are no joke. So you have to take all these things separate and apart from one another. We treat each chart independent of one another, and there's no reason why the financials may be signaling something other than a rug pull slash open trap door of the market sooner than later. A lot of traders are looking for a flush out early on. That means that we wouldn't be surprised, we shouldn't be surprised to see a rally first to suck traders in to the other side. Remember, the specific job of the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew is to make as many traders and investors look like asses as much of the time as they can. It's like a cabal. And sticking with the weekly chart for the purposes of Smash Mouth, you can see the same to similar routine. Look what we've got. We've got a big-time breakup candle. They've come down in the vicinity of the low, not even close to the low, just the vicinity of the low, and... It's also the same scenario as a low and a potential higher low. We don't know yet, but a potential higher low. So we have the semiconductor space and the financial space that looks different than other spaces. Again, first trading day of the year, we're watching for developments. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you? These videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.